Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. You know, I, uh, I was hoping to have a quorum, and we've got enough to take a vote. So this is a good deal. Thank you so much for being here this morning, and I am so honored to turn this pulpit over to Brother Wayne Watts. I'm so glad, amen, that he... I just want to big a, say a big thank you to Ron, Ronnie, Ronnie Ford for stepping in and being a um, substitute drummer for us. He's left-handed. He said he wasn't sure if he could play the drums left because he's left-handed, but I think he did pretty good, don't y'all? Well, praise the Lord. It's a Monday morning. It's early. I can't hardly see yet. Praise God. Hey Amen. I, I just now probably getting up. Amen. <laughs> hey I figure in old age I could kind of rest a little bit instead of getting up at the crack of dawn. Praise God. It's good to be here this morning. I almost feel at home. <laughs> Praise God. God's good, isn't he? All the time he's good. Amen. Praise God. You know, we were here for quite a spell. And uh, I guess this was the first love of my life. And uh, Sister Betty and I put a lot of heart, soul, and sweat, tears, and blood in this place. And uh, when the Lord said it was time to leave, I I didn't want to, but how many know you got to obey God? Man, sometimes God's going to tell you to do something you don't want to do, but you do it anyhow. And uh, But I want to tell you, Scott and Kathy stepped in and they took Oak Grove to another level. And I am proud. I'm proud, Scott, what God's doing in this place. Praise God. Well, I'm not a long-winded preacher, so we'll get right into the Word of God. Really? I didn't preach a long time yesterday, did I? No, I got through. About three weeks ago, I didn't get to preach. About 12 o'clock, I stood up and dismissed. I prayed prayer blessing. You know, uh, Holy Spirit didn't pay me no mind, and the church didn't hear me. And for the next hour and a half, <laughs> we just had church. Praise the Lord. We are experiencing a move of God. We've had some dry spells, but God's beginning to move. God's beginning to show himself real. And so much of the time now, we have stepped from the omnipresence of God to the manifest presence. And that's what we've been praying for. Wednesday nights, we have a short Bible study, and then we have prayer. 
And this made a difference. And, uh, and the more the Lord shows up, the more I want him to show up. I don't have to hear any singing. I don't have to hear any preaching if I can just have the presence of God in the house. Man, because Bo, in his presence, not only is there fullness of joy, but in his presence, there are signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen? Praise the Lord. Somebody said, I'm waiting on a move of God, and God's waiting on us to move. Amen. Here's what William Booth said. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I am a move of God. Praise God. That's what you got to be. As a, you've got to be the move of God. Praise God. Well, let's, let's get right into the, into the message this morning. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Matthew? I'm going to read a, a familiar passage this morning. Um, your pastor's probably preached on this at least a dozen times. I know I have. If God helps me and gives me grace and let me live, I'm going to preach on it probably another dozen times because it's the Word of God. Amen. Sister Betty's hot, y'all. She's hot. Me and her stand on the front row at the church, and my hands are like a hunk of ice. I'm freezing, and she's over there just a... Praise God. Listen, here's what the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them and saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid." Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for the eye in the storm? Praise God. That's not the sermon. That's, not, that's a good one, though, isn't it, Brother Blizzard? The eye of the storm. Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water, Jesus said one word. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And that's what I want to just talk to you just a little bit about tonight, the last part of that verse, to go to Jesus. How many want to get to Jesus? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Lord God, we pray that you add the blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, your anointing to the lips of clay. God, I pray for uh, clarity and conviction. I pray for understanding and revelation this morning. I pray that, Lord God, the word would have free course and that, Lord God, it would accomplish the purpose whereunto you have sent it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
Before we get started, let's practice a little bit. I, I like I like folk to talk back to me. Amen. Let, let's practice a little bit. Uh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. All right. All right, this is this is what we want. And if you'll do that, we'll hurry up and get through. Praise God. I want you to know this morning that, that the Lord Jesus is not unapproachable and he's not out of reach. We're not, we're not beyond his touch and he is not out of touch. I want you to know there is a way that you can get to Jesus this morning and you can experience his presence and his anointing. Did you hear what I said? I said you can experience his presence and his anointing. On that stormy night in, on Galilee, Peter encountered Jesus in a way that he had never experienced before. And if you and I have an encounter with and experience the Lord Jesus in a, in a greater measure and walk in the impossible, or should I say in the supernatural, then we are going to have to do what Peter did, and that is step out on the word. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. I want to take a minute and talk to you, amen, about this precious word here. It's sure, and it's steadfast. It is the word of God, and it is not bound. The Bible says his word is forever settled in heaven, and it will not fail. He said, the word that goeth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the purpose whereunto I have sent it. The word of God is almighty. It's living. It is active. The word is not only active, but ladies and gentlemen, the word of God works. Hallelujah. And if you'll work the word of God, the God of the word will work for you. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, the word is not only active, but it works. You can't shut it down, shut it out, or shut it up. God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. I heard him say, shall I not say it, and shall it not come to pass, and shall I not speak, hallelujah, and it shall come to, come on somebody. Amen, Hebrews 4, 12 says, for the word of God is alive, and it is powerful. Hallelujah. Listen, Amen. Uh, uh, the, the term active there in Hebrews 4.12 means effective. It means powerful. It means producing or capable of producing an intended result. The living, the passion translation says this, for we have the living word of God which is full of energy. Praise the Lord. Amen. The word is the energy of God that he instills in you and I. And the more of the word, amen, that we can ingest, hallelujah, amen, and learn and, and, and commit, amen, to our spirit, the more of the energy of God that we have working within us. Hallelujah. The word of God is vibrant. It's dynamic. It's energizing. It's productive. It's not static or idle in the lives of believers. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, the word of God is at work in you who believe. And there's that word work again. The Greek is energio, which is, we get the word energy. The word is energy. Praise God. We used to sing a song Amen, a lot of years ago, and it's just a simple course, just believe when you call on his name. That's the secret to unlocking the possibilities of God. 
It starts with us believing his word. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> In the beginning was the word. Praise God. I know a lot of folk have a, have a hard time believing that, but there really was a beginning and the word was there. And the word was God and the word is still God. He became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory. Mm. I'm waking up. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. In our text, Peter did the impossible because he believed that word that Jesus spoke. Come. There's only one restriction God's placed on himself. And that's your faith and my faith. Faith is believing and doing. And without faith, we can't please God. That night in that storm on Galilee, there were two kinds of people in the boat. And I'm persuaded they still exist in churches today. And that is those that would step out and those who would sit back. Those who will take a risk and those satisfied to watch. The only way to get to Jesus is still the same today as it was that night. Just believe, step out. Hallelujah. How many are about ready to step out? Mm. Thank God. I'm just about to jump off on a rabbit trail. Mm. Those are dangerous. Praise God. I want to talk a little bit about going to Jesus. The disciples were privileged not only to see the miracles of Jesus, but also to participate in them. I believe that that is the place the Holy Spirit wants to take us today. For most folks, seeing is enough, but just seeing will cost you nothing, and there's no risk involved. Just seeing... We're safe. But to risk is to make ourselves vulnerable and that is the place few people are willing to go. Just seeing does not challenge our faith nor does it stretch us. We can just stay in our own little comfort zone <laughs> but to do something is a risk. It's a challenge and it will cost us something. To me, it just seems like the church has been willing to settle for less. Listen, church, I've heard about and I've read about the miracles of the past and I've heard it said, oh, I wish I could see signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't want to just see them. I want to participate in them. Amen. I want the miracle man to be present to energize us to do those works and be a part of what he is doing, hallelujah, in this world. I don't just want to see him, but I want to be that miracle worker with Jesus. He said, greater things than these shall ye do because I go to the Father. Listen, he's on the right hand of God the Father this morning. Amen. He's not up there, amen, with just making idle talk, but he is there, amen, Scott. He's making intercession for us. And I don't just believe, amen, he's saying, Father, amen, just help them make it through another day. Oh, you just help them over this hump. 
Oh, Father, could you just get them out of that little old wilderness they're going through? No, I believe he's in, Father, energize, amen, my church. Energize my people. Let the word of God come alive in each one of them and may they have a revelation of who they are in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, and stand up and take their place in the kingdom of God and be the devil's worst nightmare. Hallelujah, my God. Mm. Mm. My Lord Jesus. <laughs> Lord, let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us tonight. And if we'll do that, he can turn this church upside down inside out, and ever which way but loose. Yes, you, you have to believe, amen? You can step out. Faith is believing and doing, and I pray, Lord, give me ears to hear, amen? Hallelujah. When I was reading the chapter, amen, from my text, I read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. The disciples told Jesus to send the multitude away so they could find a McDonald's and buy them a fish sandwich. <laughs> Jesus asked Philip, where shall we buy bread to feed everybody? Now listen, when the Lord asks a question, he already knows the answer. Amen. He's not asking a question to find out some information. But he did it to prove them because in John 6 and 6 he says, for he himself knew what he would do. And here's what Jesus said. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. I can't. I don't know how. I mean, we've got all kinds of of excuses, but he said, you give them something to eat. Hallelujah. They said, we've only got five loaves and two fish, amen, from this little old boy. And I, 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 the Bible don't say this, but here's what I believe. I believe Jesus said, put it in my hands. Amen. That's worth the offering right there. Put it in my hands. Do you realize what could happen with what you put in Jesus' hands? Would you put yourself in his hands this morning? You know what he'll do? He'll bless you. He'll break you. And he'll give you. Praise God. Hallelujah. When Jesus breaks us, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. He doesn't break us to destroy us. But church, he breaks us to multiply us. Mm. Amen. If I took off running here, I'd, I'd probably get winded. It's bigger than my church. I don't have to run very far. Tell you, I'm just about to get. I'm just about to get happy this morning. I'm going to act like nobody's here, and I'm just going to preach. Is that all right? 
Praise God. He blessed it. He broke it. And then he gave it to them. The Bible says he gave it to his disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. Here's what Jesus did. He blessed it. He broke it. And he put some of it in the baskets that they had. He didn't sit there and break bread for 5,000 people plus the women and children. He broke some and put it in 12 baskets. And he said, you feed them. They had the baskets under their arm and they're thinking, this is crazy. This, I ain't never seen it done this way. My mom and daddy didn't do it this way. My grandma and grandpa didn't do it this way. I just don't know if this is going to work. They reached in that basket and they pulled out bread and fish and they give it to the first one and they reached in and they give it to the second one and they reached in and they gave it to the next one and they kept reaching in and they kept giving out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said they reached in and they kept giving. Hallelujah. Amen. They did not start with full baskets, but they brought back 12 full running over. Every time they reached in, they brought out bread and fish. It was a reach of faith. What is faith? It is believing and doing. Amen. The Holy Spirit is calling us, amen, to give them something to eat. And we're saying we don't have anything to give them to eat, but I'm here to tell you he has given each one of you a measure of faith this morning. It is enough to get you started. And if you'll reach in, hallelujah, you can give it out and you keep reaching and you keep giving, hallelujah. And the more you reach and the more you give, the more God supplies. Hallelujah. When they started giving what Jesus blessed, the miracle started happening. I want somebody to hear me today. We never start with enough. Listen, church, Jesus has been and always been the miracle maker but he works through us to accomplish the miracles. That makes us his miracle workers. He said, without me, you can do nothing, but I also heard the word say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, he said you give them to eat. He wants to work through you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He wants to use your hands. He wants to use your voice. He wants to use your feet. Hallelujah, he wants to send you, amen. We're, we're praying, Lord God, come down, amen. God said, I'm already here. If I can get you to move, I can do something, hallelujah, amen. He has told us in his word, Bo, to lay hands on the sick, hallelujah, and they shall recover. He's told us, amen, to cast out devils and they'll go. He's told us, 
promised to raise the dead. Hallelujah. And they'll come back to life. Hallelujah. He's already told us what to do. But if we'll reach in our basket of faith, glory to God, we can pull out some miracles. I want to be a miracle maker. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Almighty God, the creator of everything, has limited himself to work through people. The perfect working through the imperfect. The mighty working through the weak. Why? For him to be glorified. For him to be lifted up. For him to be made known in a dark world. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, if we don't move, he won't move. He moves through us. This word is the bread of life and God will speak through his word. Amen. Through you and I. And if we don't speak, he's silent. If we don't work, he can accomplish his purpose. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, we are miracle workers. Would you say it with me? In Jesus' name, I am a miracle worker. Say it again, in Jesus' name, I am a miracle worker. Lift up your hand, hallelujah, and say it like you believe it in Jesus' name. I am a miracle worker, hallelujah. I am the hands of the Spirit. I am the voice of the Spirit, hallelujah. Amen, I am the feet of the Spirit. And if we'll stand up, hallelujah, open our our mouth and reach out our hand, we'll see the signs, wonders, and miracles. My God. There was 5,000 saw that miracle. 12 participated in it. Faith is believing and it's doing. To put it another way, we are to do what we believe. I know what you believe by what you're doing. Oh, that's scary. The ones who saw risk nothing, but those that reached by faith, glory to God. The power of God and the anointing of Holy Spirit is within your reach. Would you stretch for it? Jesus sends the 12 to the other side of the lake. And while he sends the multitude away, he then goes to a place alone to pray. And while he's praying, there's trouble brewing on the sea. The wind begins to blow and the waves begin to beat against that boat. The Bible says that Jesus saw them toiling and rowing. And it was the fourth watch of the night. The waves were beating against the boat Filling the boat, fear filled the disciples. Jesus saw all that from where he was on that mountain praying. He saw them. Here's the thing. That boat, they thought, was their only security. It was the only thing floating. And they thought, we've got to hold on to this. Don't let go. They could see the boat. They could feel it. It was tangible. 
and they were holding on for dear life. But how many know tonight that faith is not a tangible thing? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. And when I'm in trouble, I need something I can hold on to. (laughs) Hallelujah. You have to forget the tangible to hold the intangible. And that is the work and the word of the promise of God. A walk of faith requires us to let go of something. In this case, the boat. The boat represented their comfort zone or their familiar zone. Eleven forgot what happened the day before and they become watchers. But to go to Jesus, you have to break out of your comfort zone and you have to leave the familiar for the unknown. Let me tell you what the comfort zone is. Number one, it's a situation in which you feel comfortable and in which your ability and determination are not tested, challenged, or stretched. I'm just a church member. There's too many church members now. Amen? Well, you're really saying I'm a pew sitter. I'm a watcher. Amen. People say, oh, I just love to see you get blessed. I see you get blessed. I'm jealous. I want to get blessed. I don't want to see it. I want to be it. That makes sense? A a comfort zone is a situation in which you feel comfortable and you do not have to do anything difficult. We go to that place of I can't do that. My question is, how do you know? Have you tried? Let me say this now. When you're full of Holy Spirit, you are full of promise. Wow. I need to think about that a minute. If I'm full of Holy Spirit, I'm full of promise. When I'm full of promise, I can do the works of God. Sometimes you've got to step out of your comfort zone and leave that which is familiar and challenge yourself. Don't raise your hand, but how many are satisfied in God where you are? If you are, you need to meet me at this altar this morning. We should never get to the place where we have enough. That devil is a lie. I want more of what I already have. I have to reach for it. I've got to challenge myself. I've got to go after all that God has has said I can already have. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He has made us to sit in heavenly places. Amen. In Christ Jesus. And he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings according, amen, to his riches and glory. He's already provided, amen, if we'll just reach in by faith. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's yours. Hallelujah. You can be full of promise of God tonight. Amen. If you'll just get full of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about just talking in tongues for just a couple of minutes. I'm not saying, amen, you got to talk in tongues for just a few words. Amen. That's just the initial physical evidence. Amen. It's what you do after you get through talking in tongues. Hallelujah. That determines how full of the Holy Spirit that you are. Hallelujah. The devil can talk in tongues, but he can't produce fruit. Amen. Of the Holy Spirit. My God. 
Mm. Amen. I don't see that rope down anywhere. Mm. Praise God. Comfort and familiarity will kill your productivity and your effectiveness. Because without the sense of unease that comes from having responsibilities and expectations, we tend to do the minimum that is required or just enough to get by. We lose the drive and the ambition and the desire and passion to do more and to learn new things. We, we can also fall into the work trap when we convince ourselves that we are so busy that we can stay in our comfort zones and we can avoid, could and, could, can and avoid, amen, the inconvenience of, of serving. Amen. My tongue's trying to get over my eye teeth and I can't see what I'm trying to say this morning. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. Amen. We get so busy that we want to stay in our comfort zones and avoid the inconvenience of serving. I could stop right there and I could preach a message, amen, about serving. Amen. I've never said it, but I believe it. So don't tell anybody I, I said this, okay? Amen. If you ain't serving, you ain't saved. I need to write that down when I preach this again. I said if you're not serving... If you come in, sit down on a pew, you listen to the singing, you listen to the preaching, amen, and you get up and you walk back out the door, amen, you ain't saved, you're a freeloader. You're a leech. You're a watcher. You just want to see something. Praise God. I'm going to stop right there, Scott. I'm... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mess us up. Serving is an inconvenience. Amen. Serving is a sacrifice. Serving, you got to let something go. Serving, you got to step out. Pastor, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to reach in and see what I can bring out. My God. Am I doing all right, Sister Betty? Praise God. Amen. It's my boss. Serving demands something. It demands your time. Well, Pastor, if it's convenient, I'll be there. How many know it's never convenient? How many know it's never the right time? But it's always God's time. And if you'll make the sacrifice and you'll serve and you'll do what, amen, you, you, you need to do in the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, God will give you the time. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the expertise. He'll supply all your need according to his riches and glory. If I keep this up, we're not going to get out for supper. Amen. How about this? I'm too old. 
I put in my time. Where is it written that God has put an expiration date on us? Man, I want to get something out of the cabinet or I'll get something out of the refrigerator. Sister Betty So what's the expiration date on that? And if it's two hours out of expiration, oh, no, don't, 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 don't. Man. It's been the icebox. It's still sealed up. I lived half my life without an expiration date being on anything. If it didn't look just right, you boil it just a little bit longer. I'm getting up a little bit in years also myself, but I'm not too old. Amen? When the word is working in me, the energy of God, hallelujah, is supplying my strength, glory, my God. Amen. I want to preach another 15 years, amen. For starters. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Grandma, Grandpa, you've got something these youngsters don't have. You've got experience. You may not get there as fast as you used to, but you just keep right on trotting along and you'll get there. Amen? Let me tell you something. When, when, when the Lord gets through with you, I, I, people told me the Lord's just through with me. Amen. When I retired and left here, I didn't think the Lord was through with me. I, I, it was just a different season. I thought, here's what I thought. I'm going to work, and I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to preach weekends. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. How many know the Holy Spirit don't listen to you all the time? <laughs> he don't pay no attention to what you want. And I get a phone call, and the man wants me to serve. He said, Brother Wayne, would you just go up there and love on them for a year? And I said, okay, for a year. February be 15 years. <laughs> Praise God. There's no expiration date on you. Well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit of God, amen. You are called, you are chosen, and God it wants to use you, and you don't get too old. When you get too old and God gets through with you, amen, you're gonna be in a casket up here in the front of the church, and people are gonna walk by and say, oh, don't he look good? That's when God gets through with you. And I'll tell you something else. God don't save you and put you on a shelf. Amen? God saves you to use you. Our problem is that we have just settled for this is good enough. We just want to sit on the porch. Listen to this statement. Maybe you ought to write it down somewhere and look at it every now and then. Excuses will keep you rocking on the porch while faith will carry you into the promises of God. 
Listen to this. God wants to give you power and you want to give God excuses. I want you to hear this statement tonight loud and clear. It is only in pushing the boundaries that we have limited ourselves to that Holy Spirit can take us places in God and use us in ways that we have not even dared dream of. We can either give up or we can step up. Let me give you another word for comfort zone or being stuck in the familiar. That word is complacency. Complacency is a blight that saps energy, dulls our attitudes, and causes a drain on our brain. The first sign of complacency is being satisfied with, a, the, with things as they are. The second thing that the familiar will cause us is to reject the things, amen, that might be or the things that could be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standard. The familiar will make us fear the unknown, mistrust the untried, hate the new, and all that is left is just looking back. I don't want to used to experience. Won't go there. Hebrews 11 and 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, he obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Here's what I think old Abe said. I don't know where I'm going, but I know it when I get there because the one who said come will be there waiting on me. I want to quote this morning from an article that I read in Psychology Today, and it says this. We live in a society where comfort has become a value and a life goal. But comfort reduces our motivation for introducing important transformations in our lives. Sadly, being comfortable often prohibits us from chasing our dreams. Many of us are like lions in the zoo well-fed, but sit around passively stuck in a reactive rut. Comfort equals boring short-sightedness and a belief that things cannot change. Your comfort zone is your home base, a safe place not to stay in, but to return to after each exhausting and exhilarating expedition through the wilderness of life. And I like this. Take a look at your life today. And if you are enjoying a shelter of comfort, break through it, go outside, life awaits, unquote. Hallelujah, not only does life await outside of your comfort zone, but life is happening. Come on, somebody. I said life's happening. When Peter saw Jesus walking on the water in that storm, suddenly he was not satisfied in that boat. He suddenly had this crazy urge to leave the familiarity and the security of the boat, and he said, Jesus, if that is you, bid me come. And I don't know about you, but I want to be where Jesus is even if it's in the middle of a storm. Jesus said one word. How many know it only takes a word from the master's lips? Hallelujah. He said come. Listen church, it takes courage to step out of the tangible. Amen. On to that which is intangible. But that is where you will get to Jesus. It may be some of the toughest times in your life. Amen. That we have to go through and walk through 
but to go to Jesus is worth the trip. Hallelujah. We must trust his word, walk out our faith, believing that who he who has begun a good work in you will perform it. Peter stepped out of the safety and the security on just one word. Why? He trusted the one who spoke. Praise God. I said he trusted the one who spoke. Listen, there's no point of reference for Peter to take the action that he did. No one had ever walked on the water before, but if Jesus said he could, he would. Hallelujah. I said if Jesus said he could, he would. He had no point of reference. He had no, seen nobody walk on the water. Amen. But he had, amen, heard the word of Jesus. Amen. He's a fished all night. He's washing his net by the seashore. And Jesus Jesus said, push out a little bit and let your nets down. He said, I fished all night. I'm tired and I hadn't caught anything. He said, but nevertheless, at thy word. Come on, somebody. Amen. He didn't have much in his basket. Amen. But at the word of Jesus, I'm here to tell you, amen, that night in that boat, he had a nevertheless moment. Nevertheless, at thy word. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Nevertheless, at thy word, God's asking you, amen, for a, for something than God, amen, has given you a service, a work to do, amen, I'm here to tell you, amen, God will give you a nevertheless moment, you can step out on that word, and you can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God, mm. hallelujah, amen, I don't know about anybody else, but I've had a few of those nevertheless moments in my life, and if we do, and if we do step out, much of the time, we're going to step out by ourselves, the majority will, will still be sitting back and they'll be watching to see if you fail. Now, this is just my imagination, but I can, hear, I can hear Thomas saying, I'm not feeling very led to get out of this boat. Here's what James probably said. Everybody knows Peter goes off half-cocked. Judas probably made the comment, I knew he was going to sink. They were just riding out the storm in their place of this is good enough. But let me say this morning, in your place of this is good enough and your comfort zone, you will miss God's Kairos moments, amen, and you will miss the miracle. To step out, you make yourself vulnerable and you become a target. But let me tell you what that, 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 that also will bring glory to God. God will take the willing and he will do great things through them. I said God will take the willing and he'll do great things through them. Hallelujah. Amen. David stepped out as a teenage boy in the valley and he looked at that nine-foot giant out there. Amen. He said, why are you cussing, amen, the name of my God? He said, I'm going to take your head off of you today, amen. I come against you in the name of the Lord, glory to God. He let go of that rock and that giant began to fall when everyone else was paralyzed with fear, when everyone else was sitting back watching, amen, what was going to happen, amen. There was one little man, hallelujah, that stepped out in that valley. He said, I'll go and 
fight this giant, amen. He wasn't big enough. He wasn't strong enough. He wasn't experienced enough. Hallelujah, amen. But I'm here to tell you, amen, he knew enough to know, amen, God of the impossible and God can make things happen, hallelujah. God can turn things around. God can take you where, amen, you never thought you could go. Amen, you can do what you never thought you could do. Amen, if you'll just have that nevertheless moment and take God in his word and step out and God will do great things through you if you're willing. Mm. Mm. It takes courage to break free from what everybody will think, what everybody will say. Or to break free from what if I mess up? They're gonna think and say what they're gonna think and say, just go ahead, step out. Let them talk. And while they're comforting each other, well, you're going after Jesus. Don't just bury your talent in the ground, amen, but you put it to work. Listen, live your commitment to God and walk out your faith, amen, before him. Honor your Lord and you bring glory, hallelujah, to the name of our God. Only those who are willing to take the greatest risk for the kingdom of God will achieve the greatest victory in the kingdom of God. Only as we are willing to risk everything can we attain success. If you don't remember anything I've said today, I want you to remember this, your success, amen, is God's glory. I said your success is God's glory. Mm. Almost done. Listen, folks, stepping out of the familiar and our place of comfort is tough in the beginning. It's chaotic in the middle, but I'm here to tell to declare to you that it is awesome in the end. Look at Peter. That first step was tough. Then he saw the waves and it began to sink, but Jesus got him by the hand, and they had an awesome walk back to that boat. <laughs> it's awesome to walk with Jesus, even if it is in a storm. Praise God. Here's what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Make an attempt. Try. Attempt to do something for God you've never done before. Perhaps you've tried in the past and failed. Holy Spirit is saying, try again. Church, the Lord has sent me here to give you the revelation of the text. If you will step out on his word, you will do what you never thought you could do and you will go where you never thought you could go. Step out on his word. Wow. And bring glory to God. Here's what I told my church. God's not calling you to do what you can do, but what you can't. God's not calling you to do the possible, but the impossible. For he said, the works that I do shall ye do, and even greater works than these, because I go to the Father. Listen, the kingdom of God is not a talk of faith. It's a walk of faith. And faith is believing and doing. Father God, we adore you this morning. We lift up your name and honor you. 
Lord, I thank you this morning that, Lord God, that you have called us for such a time as this. Lord, we've never lived in times like we're living in right now. We have never been as close to the coming of Christ as we are right now. Lord, I don't know how much time we have left, but Lord, I do know this. We have time to step out and step up, declare the word of God and the works of God in this world. Hallelujah. Jesus, you said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Help us today, Lord, to exercise that, to attempt great things for you that we may bring glory and honor to your holy name in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me just for a moment this morning? I've talked to you about the familiar and about the comfort zone, about being stuck in the place that that is good enough. I want to tell you, that's good enough. It's not good enough. God has called us to be about the master's business. And if we're about the master's business, we're not going to be busy with the world. We're going to be busy for the kingdom of God. And if you're tired of being stuck in the familiar if you've grown satisfied and complacent where you are, it's time to break out. Oh, it's a stormy world. But if you'll step out on the word of God, let me tell you something. He'll reach and take you by the hand and he'll do great things through you. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? We have an amazing God. He's awesome. I'd have been God, I wouldn't have chose me. Don't laugh, I wouldn't have chose you either. <laughs> but he chose me, knowing me, knowing my frailties, knowing my weaknesses and my faults. But he looked past my weaknesses past my frailties. He looked past my faults. And he looked at what he had deposited in me and said, I want to develop that and use you. How many believe God wants to use you this morning? Praise God. He does. You're important. You are important in the kingdom of God. And if you're tired of that place where you were and you want more, I'm telling you, there's more in God. And we find it at the altar on our knees in prayer. Amen? Praise God. His word is our energy, but Holy Spirit is our strength. Glory to God. 
Would you join me just a few minutes here at the altar? I don't know what Brother Scott's got planned, but if you want to break out of where you are and break into what God's got for you, amen, why don't you find your place, amen, around this altar? And why don't we begin to seek the face of God, amen, and just see what God will do through, amen, a people that is willing. We love you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise his name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God. Lamb of God. Hallelujah. sit in that boat, Lord, but I want to step out, Lord, and walk on that water with
Jesus, use me. And, oh, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. Hallelujah. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I work for you. Sing this one more time this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, use me. And, oh, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. Have you enjoyed this this morning? Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. So glad I came to church on a Monday morning. Tomorrow I'm going to say so glad I came to church on a Tuesday morning. The Wednesday morning I'm going to say so glad I came to church on a Wednesday morning. Because I can always be glad when they say unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand with me if you would this morning. We've got lunch fixed. We got lunch for a hundred. So you got to eat like a hundred. Because we don't want to take any of it home with us. So eat all you want. Won't all you eat. Be back tonight at seven o'clock. We're going to go again. See the power of God move. Thank you, Nature's Valley, for coming out. We appreciate you so much. Heavenly Father, thank you for this people. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the challenging message that you gave us today, Almighty God. Father God, help us, O oh Lord God, not to be a pew setter, God, but help us to be a servant, God. Not to be content watching Peter get out, O oh God, but get out ourselves. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your presence that's in this house, O oh God. Thank you for your glory that's filled our lives, O oh God. And Lord God, we just pray now, Lord God, that you would bless this congregation, Lord God. Thank you for the nation of bounty that we live in, God. And thank you for the revival that's coming to America, God. Thank you for the revival, Lord God, that's coming to Texas, oh God. When you raise up a thousand ministers in a thousand pulpits, Lord God, to bring revival to a thousand cities in a day, God. Lord, we praise you, God, for the promise and we praise you for the expectation. And now we pray, God, bless this food, oh God. Nourish it to our bodies, oh God, and our bodies to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.